Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. We'll be here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Receive the words that Sam just stated. We have to be intentional about making room for God and moving those things over. I was sharing with Pastor Keith the other day. This scripture kind of came up, and forgive me for not knowing the specific chapter and verse, but it talked about if your right eye causes you to sin, it's better that you gouge it out and make it into heaven with only one eye. I'm paraphrasing y'all. Then for you to continue in sin. We really have to be intentional about making room for God and removing those things that are not like him out of our lives. And he'll give us the grace and the strength to do it if we lean into him and make room for him to minister and speak to us. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, because you're our perfect example. You made room for us. No one took your life, but you laid it down. It was your choice to make room for us. You left all of majesty and your high place and took on a lowly state just so that we can have room also with the Father. Oh, God. And you're not asking us to do that. The stuff that you're asking us to move aside is so small in comparison to what you left. And so I pray, oh God, not only for myself, but everyone listening, everyone in the sanctuary, everyone tuned in, that we would receive your sufficient grace and move those things over so that we can have enough space for you to come into our lives and do the things that you have promised that you would do your word says that you came so that we may have life more abundant we don't want to just strive but we want to thrive in our lives oh god and we understand that that's only possible if you come in and have your way as the old folks used to say just have your way Just have your way, God. Have your way in our lives. Give somebody on this week, oh God, the strength to move those things that have been hindering you from having your way in their lives. Give someone a new set of eyes, a new set of ears, a new thought process. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Father, we ask that you be with Pastor Keith, that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. And may he stand in your might and in your power and preach all that your Spirit encourages him to preach. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us receive Pastor Keith. Now is a good time, if you haven't already, to go ahead and share, stay engaged, comment, text, tell somebody to get on. Amen. Let us receive Pastor Keith. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody didn't see this 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 morning, but my son was acting like he was about to come and preach. Hallelujah. I want you to do me a favor wherever you are. I want you to declare this in the atmosphere. And I also want you to type this in the comment box. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Somebody needs to declare that this morning. We're talking about making room for him. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. So grateful for the presence of the Lord in this house. I pray that you feel his presence this morning from worship. That you wasn't just a spectator, but you participated in worship on this morning. I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I've been on this series called The Pursuit of Peace. I want to continue in that vein this morning. Romans chapter 12, and I want us to start at verse number 14. I'm going to be reading verses 14 through 21. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. And it reads as thus, the Bible declares, bless those who persecute you. Many of y'all just stop right there. No, we've got to bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Verse 17 says, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. Verse number 18, here's where I want to pull my theme for this morning. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Verse 19 says, never take your revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I want to read verse number 18 again. If possible, so as so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Wherever you may find yourselves, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject, reconciling peace reconciling peace. One of the ways in which the enemy troubles our peace is by way of troubled relationships. Because if we can be honest, the people in life know how to attack our peace more so than the problems of life. I don't know about you, but it's people that attack my peace more so than the problems of life. You know, ungrateful people, unrepentant people, and unsanctified people know how to get under your skin. I don't know about nobody else, but I'm telling you some ungrateful people have got under my skin, some unrepentant people have got under my skin and some unsanctified people have got under my sin. They know how to trouble your peace. Yet I've learned as long as you live in community, there will be conflict. No matter how much you love them, no matter how long you live with them, no matter how much you laugh with them, wherever there is community, there will be conflict. That means you can't run from those who attempt to ruin your peace. And herein lies the reason why peace is reconciling. 
because the peace inside of you must and can cause peace inside of another. I hope you just heard what I just said. If the spirit of peace resides in me, the peace in me can and will cause peace in another. As carriers of peace, we're called to be bearers of peace. As the spirit of peace dwells in us, watch what the Bible calls us. We're called to be mediators of peace. That's Acts 7, 26. We're called to the ministry of peace. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. And we are also the manifestation of God's peace. That's Colossians 1 and 20. That means we're not simply called to receive peace, but we're called to reconcile by way of God's peace. Men, that which is broken, because God's peace is reconciling. Yet one of the greatest problems in the body of Christ is that although we desire peace, we, not, we don't always want to dispense peace. We love to receive peace, but not many of us like to dispense peace. Ah, we've got to be better stewards of God's peace. What, what do I mean? We learn how to live with broken relationships. Some of y'all just know how to learn to live with broken relationships. We learn how to live with divisive relationships. We even learn how to live in the midst of toxic, toxic relationships. And that's a sad tragedy. Because when relationships remain severed, we are no longer good stewards of the peace of God that resides in us. I hope y'all just heard what I said. Some of y'all got too many toxic relationships. Some of y'all got too many divisive relationships. And some of, some of us have too many broken relationships. And God says you're not being a good steward of the peace that resides in you. And this is what Paul is attempting to reveal in Romans chapter 12 verse 18. The reconciling peace of the Lord. And as we learned throughout this series, I talked about the rewarding peace. I talked about how the peace of God is remaining. And I talked about how the peace of God is reassuring. Yet this morning, I want to examine how the peace of God is reconciling. Before we examine the text, I, I think it's important to note that verse 18 of Romans 12 is a plea from God. And hear this, whenever God gives us a request, he desires for us to respond. In other words, reconciling peace cannot simply be the desire for the believer, but it's God's demand on the believer. I hope y'all just caught what I just said. I'm not saying that you should just desire to reconcile with those that you have broken relationships with, but God says, I've put a demand that you reconcile. Therefore, the question we must ask ourselves is how have we responded to the Lord's plea for reconciling peace? What do I mean? Somebody may be saying, Pastor Keith, what you trying to say? Is there a person that you've simply cut off? As a believer, is there someone in your life that you said, no, I don't do them anymore? Is there a conflict that you're simply not interested in resolving? What anger with somebody have you went to bed with? with no intent of ever addressing. Ah, that's a problem because God asks us to respond in a manner with reconciling peace. Why is our response to God's plea to reconcile so significant? Because your unwillingness to have peace, watch this, with all men will hinder the Lord's ability to have peace with you. 
I hope y'all just caught what I just said. Your unwillingness to have peace with all men will hinder God's ability to have peace with you. Uh, I want y'all, I, I don't want to just say anything that, that, that's just out of nowhere, but Matthew 5, 22 through 24 declares this. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And watch what verse number 25 says. If you want to bring your offering, the Bible says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift if we desire to be at peace with God then we must be at peace with men reconciled because watch this God won't receive your seed God won't receive your sacrifice and neither will God receive your service when I'm not reconciled with men the Lord's plea for reconciling peace will cost us too much if we disobey his plea some of y'all was worshiping this morning and God did not receive it because God says, I need you to go first and reconcile with your brother. We must respond obediently to his plea to reconcile by way of peace. Because reconciling peace is not simply a good thing. It's not simply a desire, but God has put a demand on it. So now let's examine our text so that we might have reconciling peace. I just want to look at verse number 18. I don't want us to go any further than that. The, the first portion of verse number 18 says this. If possible, I want you to stop right there. If possible, I, I believe one of the reasons that many don't attempt to reconcile by way of peace is because we don't believe peace is a reality. Y'all know how you believe the relationship is just too far gone. We don't believe peace is a reality. We think the relationship is too severed to reconcile. A matter of fact, some of us believe that the person is too stubborn to receive our peace. Yet reconciling peace will never manifest until we believe that peace is possible. So here's the first thing I want you to know. If I, if I want to have reconciling peace, I've got to believe that reconciling peace is possible. It's possible because your faith in peace will determine the fulfillment of peace. Alright? This is why Paul begins with the words, if possible. And the word possible in this text is the Greek word, watch this, dunamai, which means power enabled by God. You thought it was up to you, but no, the Bible says power enabled by God. That means peace is possible, not because of my power, but because of his power. Ooh, that's good news to me. That means there's no division that God's power can't bring peace. There's no divorce that God's power can't bring peace. And watch this, there is no level of disdain that God's power can't bring peace because it's his power not ours Ooh, that should have just lifted a wave off of somebody that is not up to me but it's up to God uh, we've got to stop believing in our power to bring peace and start believing in his power I, you know I had a relationship with a family member and, and I thought that it was too far gone to reconcile and, and God says stop depending on what you got involved in this situation and start depending on me oh it's good news to know that his peace is up to him and not me and because it's up to him reconciling peace is always possible oh this is why Jesus declared this in Mark chapter 10 verse 27 the Bible says when men with men it is impossible but not with God for with God 
all things. Somebody, I know you in your living room, you in your bedroom, but somebody say all things are possible. So hear this. I want you to hear this and hear this good. Your inability to have faith in the possibility of peace reveals your unbelief in the power of the Father. Ooh, I hope y'all just caught what I just said. Your inability to believe that, that, that peace is possible reveals your unbelief in the power of the Father. Ooh, oh, I hope somebody just caught that. Ah, that, that, that I've got to believe that in him all things are possible, and including all my relationships. Somebody has a daddy that hasn't been around for years. It's possible. Somebody has a friend that treated them so wrong and you don't believe that you can reconcile and God says it's possible. And watch this, we've got to believe that it's possible even though, even with those that we deem impossible. The one who cheated on us, peace is possible. The one who cussed us out, peace is possible. The one who even condemned us, peace is possible. It may seem problematic in the natural, but it's possible in the spirit. Some of y'all got to stop being so carnal. The reason why you cannot find peace in that natural relationship is because you're remaining in carnality. God says in the spirit, all things are possible. Even more, watch this. Peace is not simply possible by way of the acknowledgement of, of the Father's power. Y'all, you, 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 we, uh, we can acknowledge his power. I know that he has all power in his hands. We get all that. We know that he told the sea to only come but so far. I'm not just talking about the acknowledgement of the Lord's power, but by way of activation of your faith. Oh, hear this. This is why Jesus says this. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. The Bible says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And the problem is, y'all don't believe. God says, if you can just simply believe, all things, all things. Somebody put that in the comment box. All things are possible. All I got to do is activate my faith. That means no matter how frustrating the relationship may be, put your faith on it. I, I know y'all don't like that because that may seem too, too, um, too spiritual, deep. It may sound like a cliche. No, you got to put your faith on it. We've got to examine. Watch this. Or better yet, examine our thought life concerning every broken relationship we have. I want y'all to do that. We got to examine our thought life. In other words, do you believe? I've got to believe. We've got to declare, although they hurt me, I believe peace is possible. Although my flesh wants to hate them, I believe peace is possible. Although I'm not fully healed yet, watch this, from their harm, I believe peace is possible. Ooh, I've got, you've got to declare Peace is possible. In other words, do you believe? And many times we get so caught up in the hurt that we don't believe peace is possible. We, we get so focused on how they harmed me that I don't believe peace is possible. We get so focused on how much I want to hate them that I don't believe peace is possible. And the enemy will always try to get us to focus on the hurt, on the hate, on, our, on how they harmed me. That we forget to just put our faith on it. God says, if you can believe, if you believe, peace is possible. 
then reconciling peace can be made manifest in every relationship you have. So the first thing I, I want you to know, and if I want to have this reconciling peace, I don't care what it looks like. We've got to believe that peace is possible. Acknowledgement of the Lord's power and activation of my faith. Now let's look at the second portion of verse number 18. The Bible says, so far as it depends on you. I want you to stop right there. So far as it depends on you. Reconciling peace, watch this, requires more than a prayer. Uh, y'all may not like this because it ain't too deep enough for y'all, but it requires practical steps. I hope y'all heard what I just said. It requires much, just much, more than just me getting on my knees. God meant just work on their heart. God make sure that they'll do this and that. No, it requires some practical steps because reconciling peace, watch this, is personal. So here's my second point. Reconciling peace must be personal. Therefore, the question you got to ask yourselves is what are you personally doing to pursue peace in your relationships? Watch this. Did you attempt to comfort instead of cuss? Because a soft answer turns away wrath. That's Proverbs 15. Did you seek counsel about how to navigate this broken relationship? Because watch this, there's safety in a multitude of counsel. And did you attempt to have a conversation? Now I ain't talking to them. I'm putting, I'm, I'm going to put them on block. I'm going to block their phone number. No, but we're called to reason together. This is significant because reconciling peace removes the responsibility from the other person and rests it right on me. Y'all know how we like to say, who they just too jacked up. They too carnal. They too worldly. I, I can't deal with them. I can't talk to them because every time I talk to them, a cuss word come out their mouth. But God says, it's up to you. It's personal ah, because watch this. The responsibility only lies in the one that the spirit of peace dwells in. So if you are a believer, somebody say, that's me, that's me, because peace is personal. Why? This is why Paul goes on to say in our foundational text, so far as it depends on, watch this, on you. And here lies the problem with many believers when attempting to manifest reconciling peace. We are more concerned about how the other person will respond to our attempt at peace or how that other person will, will receive our attempt at peace rather than, watch this, our personal reflection of peace. I don't care how they're going to receive it. I don't care how they're going to respond to it. My God is looking for my own personal reflection of his peace that I say dwells in me. Y'all be quick to cuss folk out and say you got the spirit of peace in you. You be quick to cut folk off and you say you got the spirit of peace in you. No reflection of his peace. Because reconciling peace is not dependent on the other person. It's dependent upon you. Reconciling peace must, watch this, be personal. And here's why. The Bible says this and I wish... We could have it on the screen, but here's what we'll do. We'll edit this live to make sure that you have all these scriptures. Moses came with words of peace to the king of Heshbon. 
I, I, this is in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 26. I want you to understand how critical this is because this was, this was an enemy of the children of Israel. So he came with words of peace. The Bible says Joshua made a covenant of peace with the Gibeonites in Joshua 9, verse 15. Somebody say the enemies of the children of God. And, and watch this. Solomon confirmed his, his peace with Haram and through a gift in 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 12. Ah, this was a competing or or adversarial kingdom to Solomon's kingdom. Uh, in other words, they pursued peace personally. Uh, I think the greater revelation concerning this reconciling peace that was achieved by Moses, Joshua, and Solomon is that this peace took place under the old covenant dispensation. I want y'all to stay with me. The reason why this is so significant is because it took place under the old dispensation, the old covenant dispensation. Why is this significant? Because if you always look throughout the Old Testament, peace were typically achieved by the kingdom or the children of God. Watch this by way of war. Stay with me. All right? Whenever the, the Bible say, would say that now there was a peace in the land because the children of Israel would defeat their enemies. Ah, but that was an old dispensation. Somebody say an old dispensation. All right? Because watch this. Because rather than war with the other person, the, Moses, Joshua, and Solomon simply had a personal will to achieve peace. In other words, it was their personal desire and effort to achieve um, peace void of conflict. Oh, y'all got to stay with me. That means we've got to change our posture concerning how we pursue reconciling peace. What do I mean? Y'all know me and my wife in our younger years of marriage. Right? Many times we wanted peace with one another, but it was really just to get our point across. Uh, it was so that we could just get the last word, or it was so that I just might win the battle. But it's not, but if we want reconciling peace, it's got to be that we have a personal desire and a personal effort to see peace manifested in all our relationships. Listen, I don't want to win the battle because that means that there's another battle on the way. I don't get, want to get the last word because another conversation, somebody's going to want the last word. I don't want to get my point across because at some point, we're going to have another conversation where somebody wants their opinion to be stated. But I, wanna, I want reconciling peace. So I've got to have a personal desire and a personal effort to see peace manifested in all my relationships. We cannot focus, hear this and hear me good. I done had some conversation with some of my folk. My folk, the way church folk, listen, stop focusing on the other person. Because in doing so, we must focus. If I want reconciling peace, I've got to focus on my personal reflection of peace. And watch this. Stop calling Pastor Keith with drama about somebody else. I want to hear about your effort. What did you do to bring peace? What was your personal reflection of peace? Stop calling me. I got kids, y'all. Stop wasting my time. We must focus on ourselves because reconciling peace doesn't depend on nobody else but it depends on me. Reconciling peace must be personal. So the first thing I said, ah, if, we want, if we want peace, some of y'all just saying, I ain't gonna talk to her no more. Okay, you don't believe peace is possible. I don't, I don't, don't talk to me, all right? I, you, some of us, God, I don't wanna hear about the other person because peace must be personal. And watch this, the last portion of the text says, be at peace with all men. I made mention of this earlier. 
But it's critical to understand that reconciling peace is never intended to be exclusive, all right? Reserved for only a certain people. But reconciling peace is for everyone. Put somebody put that in the comment box. Reconciling peace is for everyone, all right? That means we can't pick and choose who we want to have peace with. We can't determine who's worthy of our peace. We can't fluctuate in our effort with whom we pursue peace. Because y'all know you got groups that are exclusive. My wife is a part of a sorority. It's an exclusive group. Everybody can get in. All right. You got organizations that are exclusive. But thank God the body of Christ is not exclusive. It's for everyone. In other words, reconciling peace with all men. Watch this. Y'all ain't going to like this must be our priority. That's my third point. Reconciling peace must be a priority. We should not be satisfied until all our severed relationships are reconciled. Woo! That's a work, y'all. All, all, all. Therefore, as God gives us, watch this. I'm not saying work on them all at the same time. No, that's not what Pastor keeps saying. As God gives us interest, entrance, we need to make effort to manifest reconciling peace. Oh, they done sent me a text. I ain't talked to this daughter in about 15 years. That's entrance. Oh, I can't believe that I bumped into them and into the grocery store. Y'all know how y'all like to turn the other way. No, that's God giving you entrance. All right? So we got to make effort to manifest reconciling peace. Because watch this. Peace with the mother or father of our children must be a priority. I know you're not with them no more, but it's a priority. Peace with that absent father or mother must be a priority. I know they done left you. I know they left you for, um, that you went into foster care. I know they ran out on your mama, but watch this. It's a priority. Peace with that difficult coworker. The one you don't want to do lunch with, the one that you don't want to do no projects with, must be a priority. Why is this significant to us as believers? Consider what Paul says concerning Jesus in Colossians chapter 1 verse 20. Write that down, because I need y'all to look at this after this sermon. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. Here's what the Bible says. It says, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Watch this. As it was a priority for Jesus to reconcile all things to himself, so it should be for every believer. You say you want to be like Jesus, you better reconcile with all men. All right? That means every believer should reconcile all relationships concerning them and consider the people that Jesus desired to make peace with. The Bible says, watch this again. He said he by him reconciled all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So that means God desired to make peace with those that condemn him, those that criticize him and even those that crucified him. All men. Not just those that endeared him, but those that were evil to him, his enemies. We love to make peace with those that endear, are endearing to us, but not so. Not, not just them, those that are evil to us. Are, so the question we got to ask ourselves, are our enemies a priority for our reconciling peace? That's a good question, y'all. Is my enemy a priority to my reconciling peace? Because it's easy to pursue peace with those that are endearing, but not so much with our enemies. Because as believers, reconciling peace with all men must be a priority. 
This is why Jesus admonished us and believers in Matthew 5 to love those, to bless those, to do good. And watch this, to even pray for our enemies because even the Lord wants our enemies to be reconciled with us. But the real question is, do you? God says, bless those. God says, pray for those. The question is, God wants it, but do you? As we make peace with our enemies, watch this, it moves our enemies to make peace with God. How do I know? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 calls us living epistles, read by all men. That, that, that's that word again, all. That means our pursuit, our lack thereof, will determine what our enemies see or read concerning the Lord. Did y'all catch what I just said? That, that means if I'm a living epistle, not just read by believers, not just read by Christians. The Bible says read by all men. That means my reflection or my pursuit of peace or the lack thereof would determine what people see concerning my God. They will either see the Lord as a reconciler or they will see the Lord as one of rejection. If reconciling peace with all men is a priority for God, then it must be a priority for the children of God. So listen to this, I'm gonna be out your way. During a season where there's so much division, discord and disdain in the land, it's evident the necessity to feel God, fulfill God's plea for reconciling peace. Ah, I'm so tired, I don't, know. I don't care who watching, I'm tired of the divisive rhetoric of our president. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of everybody fighting Democrats are this and Republicans are that. I'm tired of it. So much division. So much discord. So much disdain for one another. Ah. And God says, I need there to be a level of reconciling peace. And the good news is that there's no relationship that is too broken. There's no relationship that's too far apart. There's no relationship that is too toxic that can't be reached by the Lord's reconciling peace. Because reconciling peace is possible, I've gotta believe that. With God, all things, I love how that word just keeps coming up, all things are possible. Because it's possible we pursue reconciling peace, we must make efforts to pursue it personally. It ain't up to nobody else, but it's up to me. And that this reconciling peace, watch this, with all men, is a priority, not just those who love me, oh, they can speak well of Pastor Keith, no, the ones who condemn and who curse me. They, too, are my priority. But I believe there's a, another significant consideration as we pursue reconciling peace. I want us to consider verse number 19 of our foundational text. Verse number 19 says this. It says, beloved, he's talking to believers, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Who says that? Says the Lord. And I want y'all to see something in this text because many of us interpret this text inappropriately. The Greek translation of the word vengeance in our text is outcome. So in other words, God is not saying that, 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 any, that some level of evil is mine. He says the outcome is mine. In other words, reconciling peace is providential because the outcome of our efforts belong to God. 
We're simply called to pursue peace and God, watch this, will determine the season of reconciliation. Y'all, I've been, I've been trying to have peace with them too long, but God says, I'll determine the season. He'll de determine the timing of reconciliation. I just can't seem to find, get a time to have a conversation with them. No, God says I'm providential. God will even determine, watch this, the means of reconciliation. You thought it was going to come this way. But God says, no, I'm providential. We've got to understand and let God be providential as we pursue peace with all men. Why? Because when you allow God to be providential, it will always allow you to be patient as you pursue. One of the most difficult things about pursuing peace with all men is we get frustrated when the peace don't come on our time. But when I can just know that the peace of God is providential, I can be patient. Because watch this, as we pursue reconciling peace with all men, our prayer must be 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. The Bible says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And watch this, knowing that your labor is not in vain. When we know that God is providential as we pursue reconciling peace, we can be confident that our pursuit is never in vain. I don't care how carnal they is. My pursuit ain't in vain. I, I, I don't care what they did to me. My pursuit is not in vain. I don't care what somebody comes to me and tell me they said my pursuit is not in vain. Because reconciling peace is providential. Somebody don't want to reconcile with, 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 with their neighbor. Somebody doesn't want to reconcile with somebody that they've been friends with for years. And God says, I'm not just desiring this of you, but it's a demand on your life. If you say the spirit of peace dwells in you and you just cut somebody off, that's not the spirit of God. That's the spirit of the enemy. The enemy is the one that causes division. The enemy is the only one that wants to break and sever relationships. God says, and Jesus, matter of fact, said, my very mission was to reconcile. Watch this, all things in heaven and all things on earth. We're called to have reconciling peace. Let us pray. Father, I bless you. God, many of us desire peace, but we don't want to dispense peace. What a sad tragedy for the body of Christ. God, as we look across our land, We've got Republicans demonizing Democrats. We got Democrats demonizing Republicans. And here's the even sadder tragedy. Many on both sides of the aisle are calling themselves children of God. Help us today, God, we pray. God, if the spirit of peace dwells in us, help us to pursue peace, not with just those who endear us, but also those, God, who are evil towards us. Help us, God. There's somebody who's struggling with the father that has not been in their life. I pray for that person. If they call themselves a believer, let them pursue reconciling peace. God, for that mother that, that doesn't display motherly characteristics when the child feels like they got to be the parent in a relationship. God, I pray, God, that whatever hurt or ill intentions that they are harboring against their mother.
cause them to cast it away and pursue reconciling peace. God, there's somebody, God, that's watching me right now who's had a friend who's prayed for them, who's had a friend that they've studied the word together, but all of a sudden, after one circumstance, the relationship is now broken. God, I pray, God, that they put their pride aside and they pursue peace. For God, you called us to pursue peace with all men. If your spirit dwells in us, God, let us believe that peace is possible. There's somebody struggling with that. But God, with men, it's impossible. But with you, all things are possible. Let us believe that, God. God, because our inability to have belief our, uh, that, that reconciliation is possible reveals our unbelief in the power of you. God, your son got up with all power in his hands and he has power to reconcile all our relationships. And God, let us know, God, that reconciling peace must be personal. It's not up to the other person, God. We don't care how they respond. We don't care how they receive it. God will just pursue peace. God, we just won't pray about it, but God will make some practical efforts to pursue peace. God, we'll have a conversation with them. God, we'll get some counsel concerning it. God, we won't cuss, God, but we'll try to comfort. We'll make some practical steps because it's personal. And God, we'll make it our priority. God, as you give entrance, we'll make effort. As you give entrance, we'll make effort. So God, our prayer today is give us entrance. God, in that relationship, God, that we thought the door was shut, give us entrance. And with every entrance, God, we'll give you all of our effort. God, as much as it depends on us, we'll give our efforts, God, to reconcile with our brother and sister. God, we love you and adore you. And thank you, God, that your reconciling peace is providential. We'll pursue God. God, matter of fact, God, if you say pursue peace with all men, God, it's going to take us a lifetime to pursue that. But God, we thank you, God, that we can do it with patience because it's providential. We'll be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in your word and knowing, God, that our pursuit of peace is not in vain. We love you and adore you. I pray, God, that this word rests in the hearts of your hearers. And God, not only that it rests, God, but it takes root. God, that is planted deeply. And God, that it will produce a harvest in their life. That God, relationships that may have seemed broken will begin to reconcile because of the obedience to this word. We love you and adore you, God. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey, Way Church family. I want you to know that I love you dearly. I'm praying for you. Um, I'll say this before I get into um, some particulars. Um, I'll say it like this. I apologize for my effort in this season. I had to take some time away uh, for God to restore and revive and refresh me because even in the midst of a pandemic, I'm still called to be a shepherd. Um, so I think I've been a little bit negligent in that task. So I ask that you forgive me. Um, in this season, I feel renewed for my time away, the prayers of the righteous. That's why I ask y'all to pray for me. I want to make sure I uphold a call on my life. So many of you will be hearing from me 
um, many of you I'll be reaching out to, but know your pastor's still praying for you and love you. I want to um, make this plea for somebody who says, I need peace with men, but I don't have peace with God. And that's somebody saying, I, 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 and I want you to know you'll never have peace with, with men until you have peace with God. God himself sent his son that you might be reconciled unto him. There's somebody that's saying, I don't have a relationship with God and I want to make it right today. You can do that. And all you got to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you're in need of a Savior, that Jesus is the right Savior, and you want him the Lord of your life. If that's you, you made a wonderful decision. And I want you to know that heaven rejoices when one repents. When one turns, when one reconciles with the Father, heaven is rejoicing. So we rejoice with you as well. If you made that decision, let me pray with you. Father, thank you, God, for sending your Son to reconcile all things on earth and in heaven. God, there's one that's listening that, that has been pricked in their heart that says, I can't run from the Father any longer, but I want to reconcile with him on today. God, we thank you, God, for the decision that has been made. God, they've confessed, God, that they're in need of a Savior. They've confessed that Jesus is that Savior, and they've confessed that they want that Savior to lord over their life. And we thank you now that nobody comes to the Father but by your Son. God, they've made that decision today, and now they've been reconciled with you. We rejoice with them, as your word declares in Romans chapter 12. Rejoice with those that rejoice. So we rejoice with them now, God, as heaven rejoices. We love you and adore you. God, thank you, God, for a life that is now sealed. And the, your word declares, whomever the Father puts in the Son's hand, no one can snatch away. Thank you, God, for a sealed salvation on this morning. We love you and adore you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you made that decision this morning, I want you to send an email to the church office. Send it to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. We want to make sure that your salvation and election is sure. And we want to make sure that we can help you walk out this new found life that you have in Christ Jesus. And then there may be somebody that's saying, I've never been to the Way Church. Matter of fact, I've been watching over the course of this pandemic. And I've realized this is the place I've got to be. I'd love to be your shepherd. We'd love to be your church family. And if you say, I want to connect with this local body of Christ, and you'd love for Pastor Keith to be your shepherd, send us an email as well to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Somebody will follow up with you. And matter of fact, I'll give you a call personally. And I'll walk, help you walk out this journey. And we'll talk about what this means to be connected to the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Amen. Again, I love you. And I guess I'm going to have um, Pastor Cole come and close us out. Hey, just, just some quick announcements really quick. Me and Pastor Cole are going to be meeting next week. I want you to know this. And talking about regathering as a local body. All right. It'll be a limited capacity. It'll be as safe as possible. We're going to make sure that we follow all the guidelines. That means temperature checks. That means mass. Y'all know how y'all go to the zoo. They, I, me and my wife been taking our kids to the zoo. We got to get our temperature checked. We got to wear masks. We got to do all of that. You don't have to do that in here as well. Not, not because of anything, not because we don't move in faith, but we want to be wise in this season. We want to be wise in the season. But I believe that it's, it's significant to get the people of God back in the, the house of God. So we're going to be talking about that. So you'll be hearing 
um, about those details. And we're looking at October to regather as a local body. So let somebody know who doesn't have the opportunity to watch live that Pastor Keith and Pastor Cole are diligently planning for our safe return. And then I also want to say this, that women, women of God, the women of the way, we're going to have a sister check-in via Zoom. So be watching out for the details of that. We'll have a sister check-in um, at the end of the month. So our women ministry leaders are planning that. I believe we need to make sure that we touch one another as much as we can in this season. So I love you, I love you, I love you. And again, share this, this broadcast. And then what I'll do as well, we'll edit this and we'll send it out by midweek so you can have all the scriptures because we don't just want to receive the peace of God, but we want to dispense the peace of God as well. Amen. At this time, let us receive Pastor Cole. Praise the Lord, everybody. It feels like it's been so long since I've been here, but I promise you I have been in the building the whole time. I've been in the background wearing my mask. I need to take my own temperature in the morning. But we are trying to prepare a place for you to come back. But just also know, when you're taking a trip, you always need to prepare for that trip and make sure that you're doing it safely. It's a trip. It's not the final destination. So if you come in here, we want it to happen. We want it to happen safely. And we want you to be able to go back to your final destination safely also, which is your home. And so today, the reason why I'm up here is forgiving. This isn't so much to push and pry you forgiving, but to remind you that this is a safe place to give. You know, we know that times are still hard. We know you can't depend on unemployment if you were able to get that. Or even a job that you've been in for 20, even 30 years can lay you off in moments like this. It is not over. I know the news may stop broadcasting it, but we also know that there are needs in the house. And so we thank God for every person that has given already via Cash App of the Way Church of TB. The Way Church of TV via Cash App. Or if you wanted to go to our website and pay via PayPal, uh, the Way Church of the uh, WayTampaBay.org is also a way for you to give. So that's just a reminder. This is not the pump of pride. We, we understand and know that every situation is different right now. But we also want to thank God for every single person that continues to give, whether it's $1,000 or if it's $1. We praise God for every effort that you've made in this season. Hopefully you can see even around me, we've done some improvements so that your experience online is better than what it was. And I promise you, when you come back, you, you'll really notice a difference even in the building in which we worship. Not because we're here to be fancy, but we want you to be comfortable. The safety procedures that we put in place, that's for you. The, the, the things that we prepared, if you forget your mask, believe me, we're going to have masks. We have hand sanitizer. We have soap. You know what? I'm going to say it right now. If you have a need and you're going to work and you don't have a mask, email us message us. We, we want to make sure that everybody is safe, not just in the house of God, but that the things that you have to do, that you'll be safe in those things. Even for right now, we, we're even praying for all the children that have returned back to school on this week. We know it's uncertain times and you may not have wanted to do that, but there's a need. So right now, we're just going to ask God that he fulfill the need, not just in the house, but in your house. And as we pray and we benedict, continue to pray for Pastor Keith that he still continues to be renewed. We thank God for all the musicians, Sam and Brandon, that continue to come out, every essential worker that comes out from week to week. Just like Pastor Key said, take some time for yourself 
to recollect and hear from God. Right now, don't be so quick to yell, but sometimes let's be quick to listen. What does God have to say to us? We thank you right now that, that everybody isn't like the president. God, we, we, the church is concerned about souls and hearts. It's very loud right now in, in social media and on the news, but the doors of the church have never closed. Never closed. We're here to counsel. We're here to pray with you. We're here to, to, to meet you directly where you are. So we just thank God for you. Can you do, do me a favor? Just bow your heads right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We know we're coming to a close of this broadcast, God, but meet the person in their house right now, in their car right now, and during the podcast right now, God, touch them. Touch their hearts and their minds. God, let them hear from you. We thank you for continuing to reign, God. When we can't answer the phone, when Pastor Keith can't answer the phone, speak to them directly into their situation, God. Show them how to abide in the shadows of your mightiness, God. And there we find peace. We thank you, God. Let this word take root in their spirit that they may be able to produce fruit and pass it on to someone else. We even thank you right now, God, from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. God, touch them. We need you, God. Touch our children, God. Touch our parents. Touch our grandparents. Every living vessel, God. We know this pandemic is not over, but that's not a concern because we're looking to the hills where our help comes from, God. You're still reigning. Even right now, we thank you. And until we meet again, either on person, in person, God, via Zoom, telephone call, text message, cover us. And all these things are still still possible through the power of Jesus' blood. So it's in his name. We do pray, God. It still has power. It still has power. It still has power. Say it right now. It still has power. Not just in this building, but in your household on today. We mean it. Reach out to us if you need us. Until next time, in Jesus' name, come back to the Way Church of Tampa Bay. We'll be looking for you. Amen. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.